Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Okay, so I haven't asked you in the last few podcasts, and so we're recording this in May. How's the weather there, and how's your pastures looking? You know, we're kind of what, mid-spring, you know, so. Yeah, winter has finally like released its grasp from Mm -hmm. us and we jumped right into summer and it's glorious and we have lots and lots of grass. So this is kind of that perfect window where the weather is nice, but the bugs aren't out in force yet. Absolutely gorgeous. Good, good, good. Well, I know we've got some topics coming up uh, as we get ready for summer and and some of these things that horse owners have to deal with. But today, this is, uh, to be honest with you, and I know before we started recording, I mentioned this to you that I've never run across this and uh, this fecal water syndrome. Well, I'd say you're lucky because it's kind of a gross topic. <laughs> it is just like our diarrhea one, but diarrhea, you know, you, you, you run across that all the time with horses, just all the time. Uh, fecal water syndrome. I was like, okay, this is new to me. I'm going to learn a lot about this topic. So I'm excited for it. I guess for, for me and our listeners, can you just kind of talk about what it is? Sure. And, and sometimes, honestly, this is lumped into diarrhea or confused with diarrhea. And that's kind of why we did these topics back to back, because in some ways they go together. Mm-hmm. So it it's exactly what it says. These horses have fecal water. So they're going to have normal manure with just this squirt of poopy water. It can come out before, during, most commonly it's expelled after a horse makes manure. But the main differentiation is when you have diarrhea, you have various levels of watery manure, and it's all one thing. Fecal water syndrome, the manure itself is still normal, and then you just get this kind of extra squirt. And it's gross the way it sounds, and one of the challenges is that kind of squirt of water. It tends to really coat the hind legs of the horse, their tail. It's just kind of a really gross syndrome. That's not fun. It's not fun dealing with. I mean, I've, that's you know, I did a lot of repro work, so all my my work was in the hind end of the horse. But yeah, when the manure is really soft or watery, you know, especially the little ones. Well, okay, so you talked about it. It, it does differ from diarrhea. Are the dangers the same? I mean, similar things we should be concerned with. What's actually kind of interesting with fecal water syndrome is, in general, these horses otherwise appear healthy. They, they don't tend to lose weight, be unthrifty. The um, dehydration issue that we worry about with diarrhea, that's not really an issue with fecal water syndrome. So they're really only similar in the fact that they're like gross things that happen in the back end of the horse, but otherwise pretty separate. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, and you know, we want our horses to be aesthetic pleasing, especially if you're out showing. So it's not something you really want to be dealing with. Yeah. And there's, I mean, some other health impacts, right? Like if they have that all over their hind end, their skin end up getting irritated. Uh, certainly in the summer, that's going to increase fly pressure and it's just gross. Yeah. 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 All right. So we kind of laid out what it is and the dangers of it. What causes this? You know, what is, what is, is it, is it dietary? Is it health? What, you know, how, and, and I guess my other question would be, how does that differ from all the things we talked about with diarrhea? 
Ah, you ask a great question. Mm -hmm. And the short answer is we don't Don't actually know. know. (laughs) Uh, You know, just just to make life complicated. (laughs) There has been research, though. So Mm -hmm. there are some things that have been ruled out. There are some things that in big population studies appear to be risk factors, but they don't necessarily point to a specific mechanism. So starting with the things that have been ruled out, dentition. So one idea is maybe these horses aren't chewing very well. They have bad teeth. Nope, that doesn't appear to be the issue. High parasite loads has also been ruled out. And then probably the biggest one that we probably would have thought of was some sort of upset in the microbial population that lives in the hindgut of the horse. We know sometimes that causes regular diarrhea. Makes sense. However, not too long ago, there was actually a study and it took pair-matched horses, so horses who lived in the same environment, those who had fecal water syndrome, and those who did not. So same diet, same management, same hay, all of that stuff. That's how we get that pair-match. And they actually looked at what is the microbial community in these horses? Is it different? Is it the same? It turns out it's the same. So it does not appear to be just a shift in the types of microbes that live in the hindgut, because sometimes we can get a proliferation of bad microbes. That doesn't cause it either. So those are the things that have been specifically ruled out. In terms of kind of those population studies that gave us some ideas of risk factor, uh, one is low social rank and geldings. So when horses are in a herd situation, those that are lower in that social dynamic tend to be at higher risk for fecal water syndrome. Mares tend to have lower risk, but at the same time, they're also usually higher in your social rank if you have a mixed herd. So does it tell us a lot? Not really, Um, but that, you know, gives us a little bit of information. There doesn't appear to be a breed effect or anything like that. One thing we do see, though, is a lot of times it occurs more often on hay than it does on pasture. So in many of these horses, if they get turned out in the summer, it may completely clear up and then come back during the winter months while they are on hay, suggesting maybe something to do with hay quality or the type of hay has something to do with it. I will say completely anecdotal. But in some of the cases that I've worked with, when we have eliminated a stemmier hay and put them on something really soft and digestible, it's helped quite a bit in many cases. And kind of the way thinking about the logic behind that, grass is very soft, very digestible. So maybe there's some irritation factor. That is a possibility. Um, So that's, you know, one thing that we need to learn more about. But if you have a horse who's suffering from this, particularly if they're one that it goes away in the summer, comes back in the winter, looking for hay that is very soft, very digestible. If we're looking at an actual hay analysis, it would be looking for lower ADF and NDF values. So if you kind of go back, oh, I don't even remember how long ago we talked about hay analysis, that would be those measures of fiber. We'd be looking for lower ones, less mature hay. I would say, you know, the other anecdote that I can share, constant comfort pellets have helped some of these horses. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we know it's not a microbial population issue. So straight probiotics don't seem to be doing the job. 
is there some other unrecognized GI issue that constant comfort is helping that we don't know the exact mechanism? Possibly. So it, it's, it's challenging when we have these types of issues and you have to say to people, here's some things that may help, but the science has not caught up yet to tell us exactly what causes this problem. No, it, 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 and, and I wanted to say any aspiring equine nutritionist out there listening to this podcast, you know, that's, that's an area of research much needed or any research. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, you can do that. But yeah, it kind of sounds like it's, it's almost stress related. A lot of the things you described could be stress and how you talked about constant comfort kind of calms the gut down. So I was going to ask you, like, is there any other things we can do to manage it? So pre-probiotics, I mean, it's good for other things, but not so, so much this. Correct. I mean, yeah. thinking about all the things we do to support just digestive health and a good balanced diet, absolutely the place to start. Are we covering all of those bases? Feeding enough forage, so at least one and a half percent of their body weight of a good quality forage. And again, focusing on the less stemmier, the better. And then picking a concentrate that fills in those gaps that's lower NSC, made of really digestible ingredients, those things like pre and probiotics that support the digestive system. Not a bad idea by any means. Those are kind of the original things we look at for every horse. But we see a lot of these cases where their owners are already doing that and the horse still has the issues, suggesting there's a little bit something else going on. So is there anything you would you would tell them? How- like, how do you manage that? It... Yeah, that is the tough thing. So yeah. the main things that I recommend thinking about hay quality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. constant comfort, absolutely worth a try, right? Mm-hmm, Give mm-hmm. it 30 days. If that's going to help, you will see an improvement during that time. In extreme cases, something that we sometimes do is remove all long stem forage from the diet and feed them as if they were a senior horse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty extreme, but it has helped in some cases. Um, you know, in those cases, there might be something like a little bit of right dorsal colitis or something else going on that's been undiagnosed that makes that help. But I would say there are a lot of steps you can take before you get to that point. Ultimately, we haven't identified any other negative health impacts. So in some cases, maybe you're just committed to washing that horse every other day and making sure they stay clean um, because that's the main issue, right? Their hind end gets yucky. It's just kind of gross, flies, things like that. But otherwise, these horses maintain their weight. They don't have other issues. So it's kind of a tough situation when we can't identify one or two single things that will clear it right up. Well, it's an interesting topic, Nicole. Thank you for for sharing your knowledge on that, and to the listeners, it it's something. I, again, I haven't. I've probably run across it, and like you said, just associated it with diarrhea and said, okay, they just got some diarrhea. Let's just see if we can diagnose what's going on with them and, and correct it, like we talked about last week. But yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting topic. So thanks to everybody that's listening. Thanks for the comments on Facebook and keep them coming please please give us any suggestions of any topics uh, that you would like nicole and i to tackle and we will definitely add it to our list but thank you so much for listening and stay tuned uh, for podcast next week awesome thank you chris